Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, renegotiating your relationship with ambition and success. Why can't I take some time now and just be, explore options, explore the world? Uh, What's wrong with that? Why do we have to constantly have ambition? I don't agree with that anymore. Coming up, success redefined. But first, how much do you think about marketing yourself For a lot of us, this skill is a tough one to master. But every decision about you and your opportunities is made in a room you're not in, which begs the question, can you do anything about the conversation in that room? Joanna Bloor, a former guest on the show, believes you can. And it starts with knowing how to talk about who you are and why you're important. Joanna is on a mission to get us to talk about ourselves in a new way. Uncover your unique value, then learn how to share it with others so that in that room, they're telling your story and articulating your value the way you want. Organizations including Microsoft, EY, 21st Century Fox and Cartier have all brought Joanna in to talk to employees from entry level to executive with remarkable results. Go to joannablore.com and check out her services page to find out more. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-B-L-O-O-R.com. Reference the broad experience and receive 10% off a workshop or individual coaching. The most successful episode of the show I've ever done was called Redefining Success. In it, I talked to two women, Whitney Johnson and Tess Figland. Each had made a break with their past work life. They were embarking on new ventures, thinking about themselves and their careers in new ways. But Tess especially. She and I used to work at the same public radio show. Tess was a host, a great job, a prestigious job, a well-paid job. And then, several years ago, she quit, with nothing to go to. She ended up writing a book called Leap, about leaving your job when you don't have anything lined up. And when she and Whitney and I spoke in December of 2015, Tess was about to leap again. She and her husband had split up. They'd sold the house. She put her stuff in storage, left the dogs with her ex, and she was setting off to Southeast Asia, on her own, for at least a year. I've certainly traveled before, but I have not traveled alone like this. So solo traveling is a whole different ballgame. More than 18 months later, she's still on the road. She's based herself in Bangkok. And I know few of us are able to do this, up and leave our old lives and go and live on the other side of the world for a while. But I really wanted to check in with Tess and find out how her experiment was going. I wanted to know how this experience had changed her, a very career-minded person, 
the way she thought about herself, her career, and of course her future. I started by asking how the travel plan has unfolded so far. It has unfolded in ways that I could never have even dreamed of. You know, as I as I've told you before, I lived a life that was very planned, that was very goal oriented. You know, I, I set out what I wanted to do, and then I would, as a general rule, accomplish it. Uh, and that went, you know, hundred percent for my career. And so the whole idea of essentially moving quite literally halfway around the world and having no idea what I was going to do once I got there was anathema to my very being. But that's exactly why I wanted to do it. Um, you know, I had, I had just gotten divorced and sold my house and I didn't have, um, a, a normal regular job that I was going to. So it was really kind of a perfect time in my life to make that second leap. She landed in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. She spent four months there, and she says Vietnam was a hard place to live. It wasn't just the language barrier. It was the heat and the fact she had no real friends. But she says Vietnam was a great base and a good place to get used to this new way of being. For someone who didn't have a plan, I did pretty well. I ended up visiting, uh, what, five countries while I was living in Vietnam, and then after that, I moved to Bangkok, which is where I've been since April of 2016. And now I've been to 13 countries in the last 16 months. Uh, and it has been extraordinary. And I, have, I still don't have a plan. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next month, much less a year from now. But I've gotten used to that, and I'm absolutely thriving on it. She says she'll go to a new place with an idea of the kinds of things she wants to do, but she doesn't plan anything concrete before she leaves. So I'm very seat of the pants now. And that is it's, that's just night and day from who I used to be. And I really like it. And it's hard to describe why that is, except that there is a freedom to it that is so fulfilling to me at this point in my life. I don't know that it would have been the same had I done this 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. You know, I'm, I'm 48 years old right now, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm actually in the prime of my life because I'm doing this free-form life that is not anything that I ever would have seen coming down the pike. That's so good to hear because I remember when we when I spoke to you just before you were about to leave, I remarked that in some of your writing, even though you were writing this book about leaping and I could feel the uncertainty about your decision coming off the pages sometimes like you were yeah. you had days when you were like, oh my God, what have I done? Have I made a huge mistake? And, and that has that has all gone away, it sounds like. Well, I, I don't know if I would say I don't know if I would say it has all gone away. I certainly have <laughs> I certainly yeah, I certainly have those moments where I'm like, What are you doing? Um, what are you doing out here in the middle of nowhere where you don't have any family around? Um I do have a lot of friends now, which makes a big difference, but 
you know, I, I, you know, I'm in a completely foreign land. I'm in a completely foreign region. Uh, it's not even like I'm in Europe or South America. I'm, I'm in Southeast Asia, and it doesn't really get more different than that. And there are times when I'm both homesick, and I also wonder. I often wonder if I'm doing permanent damage to my ability to go back into what people would think of as a normal life. Now, I don't necessarily know that I want to do that, but if I would decide to do so, say, come back to the States, get uh, either a journalism job or a job in some other industry where I'm working, you know, a regular workaday life, I wonder if I have been gone so long now that that is going to be difficult. Um, Not only have I been gone so long, but I'm aging. Uh, you know, I'm, I am getting to that point where, at least you read in the articles, it can be hard for people to get back into a workforce. So those are the kinds of things that I ask myself every once in a while. But that is far, far outweighed by my sense of self-satisfaction and my sense of adventure and my sense of taking advantage of a time in my life where I can do this. And, you know, to me as a woman, it's... I've been a liberated woman for, geez, going on, uh, well, let's just say a very long time. Um, so, you know, since I, since I went to college, I lived alone in my 20s. And, and you know, I've, I've always had a sense of self and a sense of, of being an individual. But, you know, I think as a woman, when you, when you leave what's really comfortable and you go out and go on an, a really epic adventure like this that doesn't have an end date, it's given me a sense of self-confidence that I never had before. I loved hearing that because when I started traveling alone, I felt the same way and I'd been nervous. But there's something incredibly satisfying about knowing you can cope, knowing you don't have to have a friend or partner with you to get where you need to go or just to eat in a restaurant. You're right. You know, I think for the most part, we all spend a lot of time around other people. Um, even even kind of a, an extroverted introvert like me, you still do go to the movies with somebody. You still do go out to dinner with other people. Um, but for the last 18 months or so, a lot of what I've been doing has been by myself. And people will often ask me, do you get lonely? You know, do, do, you, do you feel alone? And what I say is there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. And, you know, learning the difference between those two things has been invaluable to me. And I'm not encouraging everyone, (laughs) you know, everyone in their 40s to do this, but there is something to being in, you know, the mid stride of your life, and having time to yourself to, to, to get comfortable with yourself again. Tess and her ex-husband didn't have children, so she wasn't getting used to being an empty nester, just to being on her own again after 15 years or so with another person. But staying abroad as long as Tess, that's unusual. And at this point, I had to ask her about money. She told me her house had sold for a lot, and she's still living on the proceeds of that sale. Southeast Asia is a cheap place to live compared to the US, and Tess hasn't worked much at all since she's been away. But there's part of me that is anxious to to be productive again. For a while, I berated myself for not being productive. Um, I felt really bad. This is 
I think a very American thing to feel bad because you're not doing something, even though you don't have to. And I got over that a while ago and have simply just enjoyed this life that I have. I think we may have talked about this uh, when, when you and Whitney and I talked. One of the big things I struggled with when I quit my job in public radio was how to define success for myself when I didn't have an audience anymore, when I didn't have you know, people who recognized me when they heard my voice in the elevator. And now I've really relaxed into the idea that I don't care anymore. <laughs> That was actually going to be my next question. It's on my list. You know, we we discussed this idea of not just success, but ambition and how you'd always been so ambitious. And you said you'd questioned yourselves and you talked to your parents about why, why, why am I like this? I have to have this fantastic job. And your dad said, well, I think when you were a young girl, you didn't really like yourself very much. And everything you've been doing since then has about been about proving that you're valuable and that you mean something in the world. Wow. I need to go back and read my own book again. <laughs> um, but it was so interesting. I wanted to ask you, uh, well, so how, because it is a huge thing, leaving, yeah. you were so defined by what you did, and now you are out there on your own, traveling around a huge yeah. part of the world. So how do you think about yourself? Do you think about yourself now as a valuable person outside of your work? Yes, and it's because I I really have tried to stop measuring my own value, my own worth by what other people think. And this, I think, is, you know, I think that is a life struggle for almost everybody. And I wouldn't say that I've conquered it, but I have come to a place where, as I said, first of all, I've stopped feeling bad about not having ambition right now. I worked for 20 plus years and I worked my ass off and I, you know, I reached close to the top, close to the peak of my industry. And so why can't I take some time now and just be, and just explore options, uh, explore the world? Uh, what's wrong with that? Why do we have to constantly have ambition? I don't agree with that anymore. And a lot of people won't agree with me, <laughs> but I feel so much satisfaction every time I land in a new country and am able to function and am able to find my way around and, and figure out what to do and where to go and who to talk to. You know, that, that to me is a life skill. One thing I do wish is that I had more self-discipline. I will say that. Um, and I think, I think self-discipline is a part of ambition. I wish I had more ambition to, for example, write a second book. I certainly have the material for it. And I think I will at some point, but have I started to do that 18 months in? No. Have I kept good enough notes on all my travels? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, do I wish that I had a little more ambition in me at this very moment in time so I could get some of these things done that I know I could do? Yes. Am I frustrated by that? Yes. Do I have a little self-loathing about that sometimes? Yes. But that said, I am so happy, Ashley. I love my life right now. I cannot imagine it being any different 
right now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, Tess is living happily in Thailand at the moment. She loves the people, loves the apartment she's renting in Bangkok. She's grateful for the career success she's had. And I now let myself be content with that for now. And I don't worry about what things are going to look like in five years. And that's really freeing. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, is it almost like a relief not to think about yourself in career terms? Yes. 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 It is a huge relief. Um you know, uh, th- there are parts of me, uh, you know, along with all these other parts that I've already mentioned, that does feel like, and I may have touched on this last time we talked, I do feel like I had, I had a position of responsibility and I had a, I had a high level position where maybe I should have stayed there to help other women get to that place, but I didn't. And I guess now I hope that that I will find the self-discipline sooner rather than later to maybe write about this experience that I'm having now to talk about solo travel as a female, to talk about being out on your own, to talk about being comfortable in your own skin and, and being with yourself and nobody else for a while. I think that's just as valuable as being somebody as a woman in a in a normal career obviously this experience has changed you as a person you're thinking in new ways it's opened up your world hugely do you think when you do eventually begin to work again do you think that it'll be you'll be more divorced from the yuckier sides of work life, like office politics and general workplace dysfunction. I mean, do you think this experience has lifted you above all that or? Wow. Great question. That's a really great question. And and I'll be honest with you. It's not something I've, I've thought a whole lot about again, because I don't see myself going back to that despite the fact that I'm, I miss what I used to do and I still love it. If I were offered my dream job back home, I would, pro- I would probably be on the next flight back. Now, if that happened, would I be better able to function to, I think what you're asking is kind of let more things roll off my back. I think so. I believe that I would because I'm generally more relaxed now As I said earlier, I'm not as concerned with my own ambition and related to that, kind of what other people think of me and my ambition. You know, I've I've really separated myself from the noise. And I think all of that means that I have coping mechanisms that would serve me well if I re-entered the traditional workforce. I don't know that. But but I also think my level of confidence would make a difference. I think I've been very insecure 
my whole life. And you touched on that with the, the conversation I had with my dad. And it's not to say that I'm, that I have no issues anymore with insecurity, but I'm certainly more self-possessed. I think I'm, and, and really, you know, the confidence, I think if you are confident in your own abilities and if you are confident in what you do, then it's a lot easier to turn off the noise. And I wish that I had had those skills prior to quitting my job. She says she would have handled her departure quite differently if it had happened today and the events leading up to it. I think, first of all, that I would have spoken up more for myself. I did not do that enough in the workplace that I was in. And I look back and I'm, I'm really bummed out about that because I think that I had more power than I both realized and used. Now I see that I do have power. I have the power to speak up. But at the time, as she said, she was riddled with insecurity. I think I had imposter syndrome my entire career. Uh, that I didn't believe that I was good enough to have the job that I had. Which is absurd, right? I mean, there's so many other people who could have had my job, but I got it. And I kept it for a really, really long time. So I must have been doing something right. But I just, I never believed that. And I particularly did not believe it to enough of an extent that I was willing to push back on what I considered poor treatment in my workplace. I wish that I had made much more of a case for myself. I wish I would have fought for myself harder. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point, And it's something that I've only started to practice in recent years as well. But it's been amazing that when I do step over that line... It's like, you need to stand up for yourself. You're nervous about standing up for yourself and saying certain things, but it's only when you do those things that they really respect you. Yes. <laughs> right? And why is that so hard to learn? I mean, frankly, I don't think it should have to be that way. If you're doing a good job at something, you should just plain get the respect that you deserve. But if you're not getting it, then for God's sake, Stand up for yourself and demand it. Absolutely demand it. And if you're not getting it, go somewhere else where they will respect you. Tess Vigland speaking from Bangkok. That's The Broad Experience for this time. As usual, you can comment on this episode at thebroadexperience.com or on the show's Facebook page, or you can email me or tweet me. And if you haven't yet given the show a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's now known, I would love it if you could do that. Reviews really help the show gain visibility. Thanks so much to all of you who have done that. And if you'd like to support this one-woman show, you can do that as well. Just go to thebroadexperience.com and click on support. Those of you who can afford to give 50 bucks will receive a Broad Experience t-shirt in return. I'm Ashley Montite. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. 
Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 